Hello and welcome to the second episode of Drinking in the Dark with me, Ronan. And Natasha. Beautiful. What are you drinking tonight, Tashi? I am drinking a white wine, uh, which actually I wanted to talk about. I wanted to have it here and say which wine it is. But it's a dry white, and apparently if you put a huge block of ice in it... It works. It makes it cool and doesn't dilute as fast. And so I... <laughs> well, it's about surface area, really. Just basic physics, but... Uh... Oh, oh, sorry. It's basic physics, <laughs> but... For, no, us, for us mere mortals on this earth, not necessarily mm. everyone would know that. What are you drinking, Ron? Uh I'm drinking a rose gin with half pink and half Indian tonic and a slice so of lemon. So was, there was non-pink or non-blue tonic this time? There was, yeah, actually. I found a big stash of Indian tonics and I bought the store out. But... Fabulous. <laughs> Indeed. So how are you guys doing in all of your coronavirus... Riddled countries. ...situations <laughs> with your no toilet paper and empty shelves? You know, it's it's pretty like it's pretty much like the um, reverse Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Now we got toilet paper, we got pasta, rice. Doesn't matter. You can come here. You can get it. Don't worry. <laughs> no, and um, so just we're just gonna start with a with a slight disclaimer. Like some of these episodes. Oh wait! Are, but first of all, we just say thank you for all the feedback from the first episode. It's been really yeah. great to hear everyone's yeah. comments and. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's We're been fun. We're excited you like it. Exactly, and that will motivate us to do more and better and keep improving with your feedback. Exactly, and we will get better with the quality, you know, eventually, you know, maybe in a year. But we'll we get will, a recording studio. We will be able to actually have if, if, appropriate um, equipment. With me. enough people... Given that it's taken over, <laughs> what now, six weeks to get my phone fixed, that would take like two days, one, not even, three hours... In Europe or Australia, um, it might take us years to get the recording uh, equipment. equipment. Anyway, just to get into the disclaimer, you digress. Disclaimer quickly. Um, so some of these topics, like we, this the whole point of the podcast is also for us to discuss and have fun and make something productive out of our no power situation. Although but it should be due very shortly. I mean, it's be. getting late. You usually get power the tonight. Podcasting. But well, um, the point is also for us to learn uh, and just have these discussions about things that we are confronted with every day and that are complicated and, um, you know, uh, racism in the world is systemic. Uh, and I think I definitely, I mean, I, I, I've definitely never seen myself as someone who would ever discriminate based on race. But having moved and lived here for quite a while now with Ronan I think um, I've definitely been confronted with some of my just you know intrinsic views about things um, prejudices prejudices exactly anyhow so things will be uncomfortable sometimes and we really want to just talk about those things and you might not agree or you might really agree um, but that is exactly we're learning as well so. but also we're trying to give you a real experience Exactly. From from an outsider's perspective of Zimbabwe, I mean, I think, yeah, it's, it's cool. We're doing something that not many people have the opportunity to do. So we are coming from other countries and get a real exposure to so, Zimbabwe. So we might use terms that you might think, well, is that really, you know, a, a word that you would use? But it's deliberate. And so just a disclaimer is that 
We're here to talk about difficult topics. You might not always agree. Let us know if you don't. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss it. We want to get into it. So what, what was the talk? What was the... Um, so, uh, Rowan and I will be coming to Australia in like a month. So then we're going to if, have to record if, Drinking in the Light. It's uh, exactly. If we actually ever <laughs> get there because of this little virus called Corona. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to go. And so one of these uncomfortable topics that I wanted to just, uh, just bring up is the, is, is something Ronan said about, so we're, we're going back to Australia, we're going to go to a few weddings, we're going to do some family events, I'm going to see one of my very good friends, we're basically just going to go back and reconnect, and I haven't been to Australia in a very long time, so it's going to be a lot of fun, but Ronan mentioned um, the other day uh, that he would like to wear a shirt to one of the weddings with African print. Oh yeah, I did, I really do want to. Yeah. So, um, obviously, for those of you who know what I well, do, hopefully, well, what I do for work is, um, let's say I am constantly aware of, um, of of being inclusive of people's differences, of the most marginalized and the most vulnerable people in society. Like that, that just kind of comes with, um, what I do for work. So. We are also constantly questioning our own beliefs and, you know, what is racism, what is white privilege, what is privilege overall, what is male privilege, what is, uh, you know, what is the patriarchy, etc., etc. So, um, so Ronan said this to me the other day, you know, about wanting to wear this African print shirt to a wedding in Australia. And my instant reaction was, that's really cool. Like, that's a really nice idea to bring something from the country we've been living in now for, you know, well, almost I, two years. I would want to buy a fabric here and then get a local tailor to actually make the shirt. Because I think we've got friends that have done the same thing and uh, well, Zimbabwean, Zimbabwean friends, and they, they look bloody amazing wearing these shirts, to be right. fair. <laughs> I was like, I'm so jealous. I want to look like you guys. So, so today like, we can book at you work, um, somebody who is Zimbabwean wore that type of shirt. And I said to one of my colleagues, and I said, what is your opinion if Ronan, as a white male, would wear this shirt to a wedding in Australia? And we kind of got stuck in this back and forth of what is cultural misappropriation? What is actually just, um, you know, kind of, you know, uh, advertising and uh, uh, exporting something really amazing from a country that certainly could use it at the moment? Where is that fine line between a white person taking something from mm. a different culture and like quotes making fun of it or pretending that it's their culture when it's really not slash um, a person just really appreciating That's something. what I was going to say. I you think, know? I think where, where is that line? Exactly. It's really complicated. It is complicated. We, we really got stuck in this back and forth and I think we never really found the answer. And to me... I think what, it depends what, on the intent. Absolutely, it does. It does. But even the most well-intentioned people, I think, are subject sometimes to a lot of criticism because they maybe, weren't, maybe, but they then, weren't, you know. But then I feel like you can at least explain it, right? Yeah. So um, I, this is the side story to podcast. I don't want to make it too long, but I just want to say that um, we ended up in this back and forth. Couldn't really decide. But what I found interesting is that was it there was the no... point to make that I really, you know, was my 
issue not with you wanting to wear it, but my issue with other people having an issue with you wanting to wear an African print at to an Australian wedding is that we have lots of female friends who will buy that fabric and get a dress cut that mm. suits them in terms of a, of course, I don't know, more Western style in of how dress. they would wear the dress. Yeah. But, and that's okay. So why is it cultural misappropriation if you as a male wear it? You're talking about expat females. Would... Yeah. Yeah, I'm exactly. I'm talking about our friends. You, yeah, we, yeah. We, we, no, we, no. We don't need to say names. We know who we're talking about. But, and they look amazing as well. I yeah, think. absolutely. But why is that okay? But then when you as a white male want to wear it, question. then it's kind of cultural misappropriation. Not only that, if you Google it, like the first... the first. Did you Google it? Well, no, but my... As I said, I mentioned this. I was yeah, 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 yeah. We're going back and forth and... Um, this person mentioned an article and basically if you google it and you just say you know wearing African print uh, uh, cultural misappropriation this article comes up and it is of a white male much older than you but a white male nonetheless mm-hmm. so then we were discussing okay maybe it's like you know if you use a print that is specific to a certain uh, area of a certain country and you're you know obviously taking that or do you just buy fabric from a random place and you make your own shirt which is what you said voluntarily also as we just discussed Mm. never got to a conclusion don't know interested to hear what you guys think listening to this is you know how how i guess the question is how do you do that tastefully uh, in a way that doesn't offend that's a good i mean yeah my biggest thing i think is in speaking to zimbabwean guys and from when I when I said this idea to them, they're like, "Oh, that sounds amazing!" Like, and then one of them even suggested that you get a matching dress, 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 mm. matching dress with the same fabric. Which I was like, "That's a bloody good idea." That we could no, that would be really nice. But again, are we then? I just I don't know. I, I think I just can't bear the idea. Yeah, no, I understand. Of us being seen as this white couple coming from Africa, where they're like doing all mm. this good, you know, I just, I can't, no, I just, there's just not us, there's, it's completely misrepresenting what we're doing here, and yeah, I'm yeah, constantly so aware of not wanting to fall into that, and to, and, 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 you know, anything like that, so if we can do it tastefully, if you've got any ideas, if you're listening to this, please let us know, I, what the point is, is that we're painfully aware of our privilege and we don't in any way want to offend anyone or do anything that is, you know, very white privilege No, but because I, I, I think, think the I way think we live before... our lives and it's not like that. No, I agree. But I think if we do it in the right way, it's actually what a great right thing to actually right appreciate way? what it's yes, about. Exactly. And, then, and I agree. Then, then you're actually promoting the culture and you're bringing, exactly. you're introducing it to new people. But then and you're saying, is it our role to promote the culture? Well, we're privileged enough to have the opportunity to do so. So is it, just, is it not, we, it's not our we role, but we are actually ambassadors, maybe for Zimbabwe. Well, and, and I think that's the problem, right? We, we cannot be ambassadors because we are guests in this country. We are guests. We can be... We can showcase what we love about the country. Exactly. That we can do. So that's, that's what I mean by ambassadors. I mean, we're showcasing but, you know, to people I, we know. I don't want to yeah, make it too or... obvious who I'm talking about now, but we know people who uh, have, mm, how do I say this? you know, taken something from here and then sold it, you know, and, and, and bought it at very cheap labor here and sold it in their home country 
for way more. Mm. Uh, and that whole scenario, which I think you know what I'm talking about. I do, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is extremely inappropriate the way that's exploitative, and that is exploitative. It's it that is definitely white privilege. That is definitely racism. Do you know what I mean? So that's a a fine line as well because you say the example Mm. I'm giving there. You and I both know that they could definitely be seeing themselves as exporting or uh, what did you say what was the word you, uh, being ambassadors right and they are in no position yeah to be ambassadors for anything because it's it's yeah but no, maybe, I know you're what right, you're maybe right maybe if we maybe we go we out there and talk it, to people and say yeah, you should come visit zimbabwe like this is an amazing country this and, is and the way we got the fabric was in you know in an ethical way we paid the appropriate amount you know yeah, we, yeah exactly you know, maybe that's what it's more about that we do it no i think absolutely yeah. and we we speak to like we've got friends that are artists here and we say okay do you know anyone that's a tailor do you know anyone that can design a print like this is what we're after and then yeah. then it will be really promoting so I think maybe I think maybe we've got to the answer. The answer is, you do it with the people. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With the people, I, I that sounds really. But like with the with. Because yeah, you you're not appropriating the culture exactly. You're appreciating than, the culture rather, rather than, than buy them and you just go and you know you just like oh I like that and then you take it and you you know but you actually have a discussion and a dialogue together with. No, I think that's I perfect. Think, I think with the community rather is what I meant to say. Anyway, so, uh, the whole, that was all, that was a bit of a, a, a side story, but just to say, um, hopefully we'll be able to go to Australia unless we are locked <laughs> out, <Trapped. laughs> locked out or locked in rather because of the virus. So you want to talk about coronavirus, eh? I think you want to talk about well, coronavirus. Well, I, I think it's very topical. I think, yeah. It'll certainly boost the hits on the podcast numbers, so... <laughs> no. Coronavirus it is. Honestly, I'm so tired. I, I'm so... I, like, I avoid... So ah, it's gone I crazy the last couple of every morning. I look... I, I, I do my rounds on Twitter. Oh, I can't know. do it. <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing about coronavirus. But so I just think... let's talk well, about the... the coronavirus in Africa? Let's not or, talk about the coronavirus specifically. Or talk about Africa... Talk about Zimbabwe and healthcare system. Exactly. More interesting. This is actually very interesting topic. Yeah. I mean, we've got a few friends that have worked here in different capacities. I think, well, I've got a good story from, uh, it was one of the first guys we met, maybe after only being here a month, he was a Swiss guy. No names. No, no names. His name was Sylvester. <laughs> 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 no. Uh, but basically he was here on an internship three months, I think, maybe a bit more, maybe five months, uh, no, three months, three months. And he was working at UZ, and then Ronan, some... way too much information. You've now given nationality and place of work. Okay, fine. Okay, well, you, well, he's doing exchange. He's a medical student. And then he was at the main hospital in Zimbabwe. And this, this hospital is called Perinetwa Hospital. Funny side, side fact. We know his... So Perinetwa Hospital is named after the first black doctor in Zimbabwe, which is amazing. There's a lot of good names around Zimbabwe named after the first black person that was able to to do something. So the hospital's name of the first black doctor, there's like the first engineer, there's Samara Michelle, like all these people are very famous guys. But um he was working at this hospital back it was a long while ago now. But um that was before things started to get bad, now I think about it. And his placement there was basically he said it was going fine and then we caught up with him for a drink one night and he said, Oh how's your week been? He said, Ah, to be honest, it's been pretty terrible. It's been one of the toughest weeks of my life. I'm like, what do you mean? 
And he tells me the story. He says, look, the problem is there's no, no resources here. There's people that are capable of doing the job. We had a 40-year-old guy come in yesterday and he had, I, I don't know what it was, maybe pressure on the brain or something like that. But basically what he told me was any, any doctor would have been able to treat it within two hours. The next day the guy would have walked out there, been back to his house, maybe a few days off work and he'd be fine. But here in Zimbabwe, the doctors were capable of doing the surgery, but they couldn't operate because they didn't have any gloves. And he said, literally, they searched the whole hospital. There was no gloves. And they said, we can't operate. If he, if he gets an infection, uh, we will be criminally liable. So we just have to let, it, let, it, let, him, let him out. And he died that night. And this is a 40-year-old guy with three kids at home. And it's just like, what a waste of life. And it's almost the untold cost of a failed state, I think, in some ways. It's like, you, it's much more dramatic to see people getting shot on the streets. But what you don't see is people dying in the hospitals from very treatable illnesses because there's no bloody gloves. And he said, I went to the... I went The next day, I searched everywhere. And I went and bought, like... A thousand pack of gloves. I bought a pharmacy out of gloves and just took them to the hospital. I said, please don't let anyone die because there's no gloves again. Like, what a, what a ridiculous, senseless waste of life. And it just really is, is uh, draining and heavy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, not, not to depress you too much, Trevor. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. But um, I'm, I'm just going to keep on the same we have another friend uh, who is also a medical professional and uh, works in a hospital so um, sees a lot of patients um, and has literally seen people starve to death starve in front of to her. death in front of them that's the person I'm not going to say any more detail than that but seen people starve to death in front of them um, and uh, there's nothing they can do because they don't have the right supplies there's not enough space she told me one story about um, a boy that came in who had been the victim of a hidden run he was about 13 and uh, had no no one was looking for him no parents no relatives nothing and so she doesn't work at the hospital herself so the organization kind of comes in and um assists or yeah and and provides provides support where where possible and he'd been in the hospital this child had been in the hospital for a week at this point and um was covered in his own pee what this is a child who has been the victim of a hit and run because there's no facilities to help him covered in his own pee He's also covered in, like, old juice boxes and uh, foodstuffs all around him. The nurses had just decided, there's nothing we can do. We're going to have to let him die. Just leave him there. That's horrific. So her organisation comes in and his injuries were, you know, minor in a year. Minor? Were minor in a European mm. context. However, left untreated, 
as they were. Become infected. Because there were not enough doctors around and only nurses who then were... Overwhelmed anyway. Overwhelmed, understaffed and busy with other patients. This boy, who was not either uh, supported by any family, was just absolutely left to his own vice. He, he was just, you know, and because of the time that lapsed, I now said for this, you know, a week, so, I'm, yeah. I'm not exactly sure of the time that lapsed, but because the time that had lapsed ended up not being at all, and because of the injuries, uh, not able to use his legs at all, and by that point was just crawling, pulling himself on the floor. Mm. 13 years old. It's shocking. Do you know that, any conclusion for that story? The conclusion is that they, they um, traced his family and it actually only gets more depressing from there because they traced his family and they were almost disappointed that he was still alive. Mm. Because, also, sorry, but not really to any fault of their own, they now had that additional mouth to feed. And, and when he had been the victim and the additional of this costs crime, of the additional costs of this hospital, which most families can't afford, we had just no longer have been another thing to think about. Yeah, that's super depressing. And sorry, it's you know, but but the, but also I know I'm not sorry because this is the reality. This is stories people face here all the time. I think. Yeah, it's. This is the reality. That's, that's and why you have to remember as well, Zimbabwe is a better off... Zim, well, Zimbabwe had... Sub-Saharan. Zim, Zimbabwe country. had a super functional hospital system. Even for most of Mugabe's years, it had a very functional hospital system. It's only in the last 15 years. Obviously, everyone knows about the hyperinflation in 2008. And now it's happened again. And public services have just crumbled. We, we... Like, doctors get paid... I think at the moment their salary is about 4,000 bond. And 4,000 bond, the rate today is about 40 to 1. So if you're a doctor, you're working for about $100 a month. Uh, and let's, let's, and we'll, we'll get into it in a different episode in terms of the economy. Yeah. But the, things, goods are not that much different from Swedish prices. Swedish prices, that's the same as Australian prices for goods, for food, etc. Right? It's cheap. We're talking about we're so talking about hundred US dollars. The government and keeps you are people. having to pay Swedish and Australian prices for food. Hundred US dollars. Yeah, 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 exactly. And this is the doctors. These are the best off of the best. And now uh, you're thinking, well, that's just not humanly possible because I spend a hundred dollars in a week on food. That's because of how you eat. Um, but if you're paying, we not, see how not people that can survive. Rent in yeah. a very dangerous. Not very dangerous, exaggerated, but in a, in a very economically disadvantaged well, area. And exactly, we'll have no power, very rarely power, very exactly. rarely you're going and to get water. broken into often, broken. Not, not violent crime, but, but just, crime nonetheless. Exactly, you'll be out of your home and you come back and something's been stolen. Uh, I, I've had colleagues that have had um, break-ins three times in the past six months. Mm. And this is just, for them, constant. And then, well, because the doctors were, before they were getting paid about $50 a month, and if you put that in perspective, so they're making about, what, a dollar a day. And I know we used to see these African kids on ads saying, oh, they're, 
starving children in Africa, they live on less than a dollar a day or two dollars a day is what they would say mm. in Australia on the ads. Mm. And it's very easy to sort of distance yourself from that. Mm. But when you see a doctor, a seven-year qualified doctor that actually, well, I know that they're qualified because we have a friend of ours, a Zimbabwean guy, uh, his, his partner, uh, she's a doctor, and she was one of the ones. So they've all been on strike because of pay. And she got offered a position, a green card, to go to the U.S., and she'll make in an hour what she makes in a month here. It's 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 shocking. It's like, but so what? My point was like you you picture these poor rural villages, people making less than two dollars a day. These are qualified doctors that can go work anywhere in the world, making two dollars a day. That's the reality if you're working in the civil service, unless you're in the inner sanctum. I think. Yeah, and I think I mean like the point is not that there should be a differentiate like. No one should be on that little... No, road. exactly, exactly. But, That's the, a, to the, put but the point to make it more relatable to you listening to this... Exactly, exactly. Like if, that, if that's the doctors, imagine exactly. imagine everybody and else. Like how 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 it's, shocking it's, a situation is, is this? About making it more relatable for you to understand that, like we're talking. Mm. You know, this is this is exactly exactly. These are people you would you would go and you would go meet at a bar in. Exactly. It in doesn't Sydney. mean that they are more valuable than the person no, of in the course not. area. But it's just to make it more relatable. For exactly, you to exactly. Understand like imagine going to a bar and meeting a doctor, and they say, yeah. I can't afford to buy a drink because that's my monthly wage. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a terrible, terrible situation. But, I mean, let's face it, like, I mean, there are doctors that earn three or four hundred euros um, in Eastern Europe. Yeah, there is, exactly. You're right, you're right. The difference is being in Eastern Europe, probably the country's part of the European Union, probably the country is receiving There's There's public huge... education exactly. systems in place exactly. now. Zimbabwe used to have a great public education system and it's collapsed. Now, now, I said what... Doctor gets paid four thousand. Now a kid's school fees is about twelve hundred or something a month. Uh, a a a term. Mm. So four terms a year. So if you've got a couple of kids, that's twelve hundred what now? Bonds, bonds. Yeah, so I mean, people are you're gonna have to... zim dollars, but uh, maybe yeah, but you're gonna have to... thirty US yeah, per exactly. kid per term for the cheapest public schools. And I think um you know again we're gonna talk about. Economy topics. Oh and, yeah, exactly. I think and about how we, we can talk about some happy topics describe, as well. No, but I just want to say like just yeah. how we describe certain things and as you heard us going back and forth in terms of, you know, uh, how you, not categorizing people in terms of you know their education and so on. There's going to be situations where we'll say something in your bed. Mm, I'm not sure about that. I don't really know if I agree with that. But it's very different. Here. But I do, and we are painfully aware mm. of our privilege. Right. Okay. There's just no question. We're aware of this all the time. We think about it in everything we do. But I think it does something. It 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 does something to me, to hear about, the the people that we've mentioned who have seen this firsthand in the hospitals. Mm. To hear my colleagues at work talk about the fact that they've been broken into and that they need to go to the police to make a report. Who they, whom they will most likely have to bribe for them to, to get it the taken seriously. seriously. Exactly, yeah. Um, it does something to you to, you know, at least once a week hear about a colleague who has lost a loved one. It does something to you to, like, this is what we're surrounded by all the time. And it is not to say in any way that there's any pity that should be felt by us. 
it's just something that I would like to just take a moment to acknowledge that it does something to you. It does something to me to be surrounded by this all the time because we could equally be... I, sorry, guys, I know a lot of you listening to this will... You know, we could equally still be in our bubble at home and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, those, that, you know, that poor continent Africa, right? And, and we are absolutely not suffering in any way, but, no, it, I, I but we it's... are aware and we are understanding issues in a way we've never understood before. I think that's fair to say. Absolutely. And it does something to you to constantly be, be surrounded exposed. and exposed to hear these kinds of things, even if you're not living them. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we have some difficulties, but it's honestly like... And it's also not to say that just because you've never lived here that you can't still have... A perspective know, or... Perspective and yeah. understanding, right? It, again, you know, constantly in a minefield <laughs> in terms of how we express ourselves. But it does do something to you. No, but I think what we're trying to do now is just convey... Yeah. Well, okay, this is quite a depressing episode, but there'll be some great, well, not, there'll be some uplifting episodes in the future, I'm sure. Mm. And. But I think we, you know. Yeah, I think it's important to tell yeah. the whole story, right? Yeah. I think. Uh, because it's so complex, because it's it so is complex. two-faced. It's, it's, you know, we are constantly walking these ridiculous dichotomies, these ridiculous contradictions of everything all the time where this country is a walking contradiction how does it still it survive I, I don't know I, I honestly don't how know how do you still have a job in the private sector in Zimbabwe I don't get it no I, well yeah that's a story for another that's time that's a story for <laughs> so maybe that's a good place to wrap it up yeah yeah uh, and thanks for listening guys we uh, really enjoyed it yeah send us some comments Share it around if you've got friends that might be interested, even if we don't know them. Just We have a lot of good um, episodes coming up, I think. I think so as well, I think. Yeah. I, I, we'll try and be interesting, and if we get off topic, please just write in and say what you liked, what you didn't, and we'll try and improve for next time. See you next time, guys. Cheers to that. Did the power just come on? I think so. <laughs> <laughs>